Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. It is the Mass and All Access podcast brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco and uh, my girlfriend's dog Helga is right behind me. So as, uh, as you can see, she's uh, laying down on the couch over here. Uh, Bobby, you have the Nats uh, flag in the background. You've got your Nationals t-shirt on. I'm wearing red. This is an all red podcast, apparently. Yeah, we're looking good. Yeah, we're looking good. <laughs> Um, hopefully I'm looking better on uh, this broadcast uh, than I have the past two weeks. I got to shout out to my mother, my oh, my work from home producer who bought me a new uh, studio light uh, for my uh, at home studio podcasting studio. So I hope I look good. I'm also switching up the cameras I'm using. There you go. Um, hopefully this is a better experience for the viewer <laughs> and can really make out uh, baby shark over my right shoulder and yep. uh, the World Series uh, towel behind me. I mean, uh, the viewers are still seeing us, so it can't be all that great of an experience. But Correct. I, I just can't wait to see when this thing gets to be like a month old and neither of us have had a haircut and uh, we're all just horrifically disheveled and we're running I out was, of paper towels and toilet paper and just uh, it's going to look terrible. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, too, because I'll get myself a pound in the back. I was thinking ahead uh, and I got a haircut right before Basically, everything got quarantined, thinking that I would, wouldn't be able to have one for a long time. But then I was like, you know what? That was like two, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is going to get a little long. We might have to do the, uh, the Patrick Corbin bit and get our significant others to give us haircuts and make that a podcast segment. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's, um, we're going to have to do some Google searching and just how to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm easy. I'm just like kind of a fade across the side and I like to keep the top and the front a little long. Yeah. But I can never get like the back. So that's when I'm going to need someone in this household to give me a hand with. Yeah. I I get $15 haircuts from great clips, not a sponsor, but uh, so I am not picky in terms of the kind of haircut that I get. Um, Bobby, we have uh, an exciting game to relive and recap and that is NLDS game four. And it was absolutely jam packed. I rewatched it the other night, and uh, it was on Masson just a couple nights ago. I have a ton of notes, so let's just dive right in. Are you good with that? Thank you. Let's go. All right. So, NLDS Game 4, Nationals-Dodgers at uh, Nationals Park. Max Scherzer trying to send this thing back to L.A. for a Game 5. The Nats were coming off a depressing 10-4 to loss in Game Three of the NLDS, a seven-run sixth inning sunk them. Um, but they've got Scherzer on the mound going up against Rich Hill. you got to feel good about their chances at least to send this thing to five going into the game. Yeah, definitely going into the game felt good. Uh, we knew Rich Hill wasn't going to go too long in this game. I think, I'm think i pretty sure Dave Roberts set Rich Hill as his game four starter before he set his top three starters um, leading into the series. So we knew it was going to be Rich Hill in this game. The fact that David Martinez was able to get to Max Scherzer uh, for, the, for this game uh, four was crit- critical, too. Uh, he only had thrown 14 pitches, I believe, out of relief in games. The game two win back in L.A., which was a Friday night, and now this is 
Monday night, so a couple of days rest for him. He should be full go. Um, so going into the game, yes, feeling good, but right at the gate, top of the first, uh, Justin Turner hits a massive home run off of, <laughs> yeah. of Max, and you're thinking, and this is adding on to the 10 runs that they added on, uh, they scored the night before. So you're thinking, one, the Dodgers are feeling great, and two, here we go again. And, you know, Max, this is exactly how the wild card, I think they even said this on the broadcast, this is exactly how the wild card game started off with a big home run in the first inning. Uh, and the Nationals facing a deficit early. So it was kind of like a, oh, no. Yeah. Please, no. <laughs> and and especially because Justin Turner had homered the night before off Wander Suero. Mm-hmm. Um, what struck me, too, is uh, Turner is a lefty, I believe, correct? Um, can't be positive. But anyway, uh, it was a few, a few nights ago that I watched this. It struck me when they showed the, the starting lineup how many lefties are, were in that Dodgers lineup. Uh, including Rich Hill, the pitcher, seven out of the nine batters that Scherzer was going to face were going to be lefties, and Max only gave up home runs to lefties in the month of September. Justin Turner is, in fact, a righty. He's a righty. One of the few. So then the righty hits a homer, and he's got to face all those other lefties. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, Max, that is that is Max's, obviously, weakness is, is lefties. Um, so that, yeah, it, one inning in, you're already thinking, here we go again. Um, it was also a bad pitch by Max. I mean, it, it was. was the second pitch, I think, and Turner's at bat, and I think he left it right over the plate, and, yeah. and Justin Turner was waiting for it. The only thing that made you feel good about it was the fact that Max was not, and the broadcast mentioned this several times, didn't seem to be as overhyped as he kind of was in the wild card game. Um, I think we all kind of know that, that the, the fact that he was coming out pumping 100 was uh, maybe not the best thing for him in that wild card game um, because he was a little bit sporadic and then that forced him to make some mistakes um on guys against the brewers but this game he was starting out pumping fastballs at like 95 94 which is still fast but it was not like what he was in the wild card game it's also kind of thinking funny thinking back at it now that this was the dodgers bullpen game their strategy was kind of the same as the brewers in the wild card game get about four innings or or around four innings three four innings from your starter and then give it up to the bullpen Remember, Clayton Kershaw was available out of the pen that night, um, and then they had the rest of their arsenal ready to go in relief of Rich Hill. So this was starting out just the way the Dodgers wanted, scoring runs early, uh, adding more like they did the night before, quick and uh, early on, uh, just a blowout game, and then adding one early in the first inning. And then hopefully Rich Hill gets you clean three or four innings, and you hand it off to your relief arms. Exactly. So the uh, bottom half of the first, the only thing that the, the Nats go quietly, the thing that kind of um, – immediately stuck out to me was just Rich Hill, his ability to change speeds. He's obviously not got the fastest fastball at this point in his career. He's pretty up there in years. Um, And he, as you mentioned, had struggled with injuries, only pitched five and two thirds in the month of of September, but his stuff seemed good early on. And because he was, he's able to switch it up between like a 92, 93 mile an hour fastball and like a 74 mile an hour curveball he's got this looping curveball um that is that was keeping the Nats off balance early so they're down one nothing going into the second inning and then Max runs into even more trouble uh Seager leads off with a double um the he, uh they he gets two outs so runner at second faces Gavin Lux he intentionally walks Gavin Lux which is kind of funny because it, it during the regular season the Nats and no team really intentionally walk just about anybody, but then the postseason they decide to, to intentionally walk yeah. some guys. But this was a move to get to Rich Hill, so it was the right move. Um, and 
Rich Hill's up with runners on first and second, and Max almost hit him with a pitch. Yeah. I mean, ran the pitch ran right inside. That could be a potential disaster. You have you would have bases loaded with the top of the lineup, and you're already down one nothing. Yeah, it also kind of funny rewatching. It was like Rich Hill wasn't ready to bat. I yeah. don't think they were expecting the intentional walk to Will Smith because. Will Smith's on first base, and they show Rich Hill still in the dugout getting his gloves on. And like, he didn't have any time to like, you know, watch Max pitch or take any practice swings from the, uh, the on-deck circle, and he just went up right against him. And then Max still almost gives him a free base, like you said, almost hits him. Um, but Rich Hill goes up, works a six-pitch at bat. Um, he could have loaded the base with the hit-by-pitch, which, which would have been real scary and devastating, but Max works his way out of it. Um, that's a good sign because you see – at the, at the bottom of the first inning, Adam Eaton drew a walk. The Nats, uh, Juan Soto and Anthony Rondeau weren't able to drive him in. Um, and then come back this inning, and Max gives up more base runners, and he also shuts, shuts them down. So besides the home run, early on, both teams getting on base, but no producing runs other than the homer. And as you mentioned, you know, I think that for the Dodgers, if you're the Dodgers in that game, you're thinking, yes, it would be nice to tack on some runs with Max Scherzer, but... Ultimately, we're going to get to that bullpen, and that's really where we can do some damage. So they're still up one nothing. He gets out of the jam in the top of the second. Nats go quietly again. They get a base runner in the bottom of the second, but Kurt Suzuki hits into an inning-ending double play. So we head to the third. Uh, still one nothing. Dodgers. 1-2-3 top of the third. Then we get to the bottom of the third, and the Nats start to, uh, start to turn it up a little bit. So leadoff walk to Michael A. Taylor. Um, which is big, if nothing else, is big for Rich Hill's pitch count, which we know is going to be limited coming into the game. Um, then uh, Scherzer um, tr- uh, bunted out, had a, a foul uh, on the third strike on a, a pitch that was pretty outside, um, reached for it, and bunted it foul. He's obviously pretty mad at himself. He strikes out. Um, and then um, Trey Turner comes up, so it turns the lineup over. He gets a single uh, in a a wide-open hole at second base because they're shifting. Now you've got runners on first and third, two speedy guys on the base pass, and now the Nats are cooking. Yeah, even Ernie Johnson mentions they have speed all over the the course uh, of of the infield with Rendon, uh, Michael A. Taylor, of course, drawing the walk. um, And and they're just – I forget who is batting right now. Adam Eaton. It must be Anthony uh, with the bases loaded. He just misses a grand slam. Uh, with, yes. his, with his swing, uh, and, and again, it kind of show, goes to show it's a little. Pre- it's kind of funny watching these games back. You see little previews of what's go- knowing what happens, what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I mentioned, Howie Kendrick early on in the series, uh, going deep in center field in Dodger Stadium. We'll obviously talk about that next week in Game Five uh, with his grand slam. But then Anthony Rendon, I believe, did the same thing, hitting a deep fly ball, and right here in Game Four to to left field, and then of course he hits. Him and Soto go back-to-back in that crucial eighth inning in Game 5. So it's kind of funny seeing the, the little previews that we see along the way. But he eventually gets the, the, that fly, sack fly. Uh, the Nats get on the board, tie the game. Uh, it, it's good to see early, too, because you think back, you know, we're comparing this game kind of to the wild card, the way it started. Uh, the Nats not producing runs. Maybe the Dodgers hitting a lot of home runs, uh, kind of rolling over from the night before. Uh, but it was good to see the Nats get on the board early and tie the game. And also we hadn't really seen like a real close game yet. I mean, the Dodgers won six, nothing in game one, the Nats were leading for most of, if not all of game two. And then the Dodgers blew them out in, in, uh, in game three. 
here we go. Now we're going a little back and forth. It's tied early on in this game, which is probably the first time we've seen it all series. And now we got ourselves a ball game. Like you said, they're cooking. It's 1-1 in the third. Early on, all right, runs are going to be scored. Now it's going to, now we're talking about the Dodgers trying to get to the bullpen. It's going to be kind of a bullpen game. Now we're going back head-to-head with the starting pitchers, Max versus Rich Hill, and you'll take Max every time in that matchup. And another red herring of a storyline is uh, bases were loaded with two outs after Juan Soto drew a walk. So they reload the bases after that Anthony Rendon sack fly. And then Howie Kendrick comes up small, grounding out with a chance to give the Nats the lead and keep the rally going. And again, the, the, the false storyline of Howie Kendrick is not having a good NLDS. So they go to the fourth yeah. inning. They're tied 1-1. Uh, and the Dodgers threaten again against Max Scherzer. Uh, Cody Bellinger has a leadoff single. He steals second. Um, and then uh, the, the Dodgers kind of help Max out a little bit. Uh, Peterson, Jock Peterson swings at a 3-0 pitch um, and pops it up. Um, Gavin Lux strikes out. Um, again, the, the storyline of Nationals versus Rookies, that I really need to do that piece at some point because Gavin Lux struggled in this series, struck out on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, and Max escapes trouble again, um, and uh, partly because the Dodgers did him some favor, but now he's starting to get into it. Now we, we're starting to see angry Max. He's grunting on the mound, and he's fired up with a, a one, in a 1-1 one, one game. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to harp on Bellinger, too, because that's, only, that's Bellinger's only third hit of the series, and then he ends up with four. He only gets one more in game five. He was real quiet in this series, and, and two of them, half his hits came in, the one inning in game three, I think it was the seventh inning, like you said, the 10 run uh, seventh or whatever it was. So he was good. He goes really quiet. Uh, Matt Beatty flies out on a three Oh pitch. And I think that was even a bad pitch. That might've been a ball four pitch. If I, I would have to go back and rewatch it again, but that was a bad pitch that he swung on. Uh, you know, he got the green light for, for down up, or I guess up three Oh and flies out. And then Scherzer gets Gavin Lux swinging on three pitches uh, to get out of the inning pretty clean. And like you said, you're right. He is now kind of settling in. He didn't come out too hot like you mentioned. Um, he did in the wild card game. He settled in. Now we're going out to the fourth inning, um, and, and he's getting much cleaner in back-to-back clean innings for him, uh, even though he gave up the base hit to, to Bellinger, a, a base runner. But, uh, yeah, Scherzer's definitely getting more comfortable and becoming more like Max, Mad Max, that we got accustomed to seeing on the mound. And then we get into the bottom of the fourth, and uh, we get a Clayton Kershaw sign, uh, sighting out in the bullpen, starting to get a little bit uh, warmed up. I think he takes his jacket off at this point. Um, and uh, then we start to see the rain come in, which was, honestly, I had completely and utterly forgot about that. Um, totally forgot. Uh, we were in the press box. We were nicely covered by that rain. but um, And then that, that also made me think, well, the Nats kind of got lucky that we didn't have any rainouts or any rain delays, I don't think, in the entire postseason. Part of it was they were in Houston, so they were under the dome. But, did I mean, did it rain? That, that might have been the only time it rained all postseason for the Nats. I want to say there was some rain in St. Louis, and so we'll get to those games coming up. Okay. It was cold, well. I know that. It was definitely cold, and I want to say it was a, there was some light rain. Um and it might have also light rained in one of the well World Series games in D.C. I can't remember, but like you said, no no one got postponed. There was I don't think there was any delays at all, which is good. But this is also kind of scary. This is easily the heaviest it rained, and, and I'm with you. I didn't remember it raining at all. Yeah. Not to mention it raining that hard. Like, it was pretty visible on the broadcast that it is 
like not just a drizzle, it is raining. Um, and I think we saw the crew chief kind of talking, uh, I guess with someone from the national staff looking at radars and stuff like that. And I'm surprised looking back on it and thinking back on it now that they didn't pause it. And that could have been a disaster for the nationals. Cause that probably would have knocked Max out of the ball game at that yep. point. Had there been any kind of long delay, um, due to rain and that would have put them in trouble because then you're putting up, you're going to, you know, you're going to need maybe, well, Patrick Corbin had just come and released, didn't he not? Or he was available out of something later, but you're, you're going to need to figure out a way to, he came in the, the previous in the game. game and got hit around in that. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Huge. Right. Right. So you're going to, you're going to need to find innings other than Max Scherzer and your unusual bullpen at this point versus a very good Dodgers bullpen who is rested and ready to go. Um, so that could have spelled disaster for the Nationals had there been a rain delay. And then you get into the fifth, and Max is absolutely locked in. He strikes out the side. Five of the last six batters he faced at this point were strikeouts. Um, I forgot how bad A.J. Pollock had looked this entire NLDS, uh, an offseason addition yeah. by the Dodgers. Uh, I thought he was a good signing for the Dodgers, but boy, did he come up small in this NLDS. Well, the bigger storyline this game, Max Scherzer is, is dominant, you got a tie game, and then you get into the bottom of the fifth, and all you need is some a little bit of give Max a little bit of run support, and uh, they gave him a whole heck of a lot of run support in this bottom of the fifth. I'll yeah, Trey Turner leads <laughs> off with a sing. Yeah, say again. No, uh, go go ahead, go ahead. Take oh us yeah, Trey it. Turner leads off with a single in the bottom of the fifth, and then Adam Eaton uh, moves him over to second with a, a, a good bunt. Uh, I think a run he almost was able to beat out, too, so that could have been two on. Um, um, I think Max Muncy made a really good play on a poor Justin Turner throw over to first yeah. to get Eaton out on that bunt. What I will say um, real quick, cut you off, is Adam Eaton had already tried bunting earlier in the game um, and yeah. ended up pulling back and walking. I, I didn't understand it, honestly, at the time. I think there were too many other storylines when we get into the World Series and he's still bunting. Adam Eaton is a great bunter. He did a little bit too much bunting. Like I think at some point, I think the the fans' gripes were legitimate. Like, swing the bat every now and you're an almost like you're a two eighty five or two ninety hitter. Like you you can get on base other ways besides bunting. You can get guys over besides bunting. That being said, he laid down some great bunts in the postseason. He's one of the best bunters I think in all of baseball. Um, but just maybe maybe just a, a teens too much bunting, Eaton. Right, right, and uh, I think you agree, and, and we'll see that later on in the postseason that he, he actually starts swinging a little more. Remember, he added some crucial insurance runs in Game 7 of the World Series yep. with a single, not a bunt. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he, I think you're right. Maybe not too much, but some of, some of it's appropriate. He, I think he bunted too, man, too many times with nobody on base. I think in this situation, yeah. it's fine. You want to get Trey Turner over. Um, that, that's an acceptable time to bunt. Uh, but, yeah, there were a couple of times where he's trying to bunt just to get on bases, which I get. But with nobody on, might as well just swing because, you know, like you said, power hitter, you can you have sneaky pop. You can go deep uh, occasionally. You can also maybe rope a double. Who knows? And with your speed, turn that into a triple, whatever it may be. But, yeah, maybe a little too many bunts uh, from Adam Eaton. But then uh, moving along, uh, Anthony Rendon gives the Nationals a small lead with a single to center field. Obviously, with Turner's speed, he's scoring every single time. From second, you get – a pop fly from Juan Soto and Harry Kendrick. His bat starting to sneak alive a little bit with a single to left, uh, and you put runners on uh, on the corners. Uh, and then here comes Dave Roberts. Now Dave Roberts, he, he 
faced a lot of criticism, especially late in this postseason. Well, I shouldn't say postseason. This series, later games of this series, games four and five, with the way he managed his bullpen um, and, and pitching matchups, he goes to get um, Julio Urias, so he does not face Ryan Zimmerman and puts in Pedro Baez instead. But then Zimmerman homers on the second pitch, anyways. <laughs> um, you know, and and I think it was an incredible pitch. I believe the Statcast said that it was the highest pitch in terms of how far it was off the ground hit for a home run that season, about four feet off the ground, which is crazy. But that's right where Zimmerman likes it, high and down the middle. He loves those high fastballs, and he'll drive that to center field every single time. And the big three-run shot, of course, Ryan Zimmerman hits a huge home run in the postseason at Nationals Park for the Nationals. It is crazy, especially considering that he is now approaching his mid-30s, and he still has the bat speed to catch up to a high fastball like that. Um, And the strength, I mean, that takes a lot of strength to muscle that ball into the deepest part of the ballpark, that pitch, rewatching it, was ridiculously high. I mean, most major leaguers would be lucky to foul that pitch off um, and to just graze the top of the bat. The fact that he was able to find a level bat path and get to that ball uh, is crazy. But what a moment that home run was. I mean, that is when... it Look, it wasn't the biggest crowd at Nationals Park because um, typically game fours that our elimination games for the home teams don't draw well because you can, the team can get eliminated, um, but you can't advance in that game. So a lot of fans, right. you know, obviously don't want to see their team eliminated. And then plus but, the rain. Yes. And plus the rain, but that absolutely electrified the crowd. Um, huge mammoth three run Homer. Um, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't quite up to this level, but it was almost akin to the Jason worth, uh, walk-off home run just because it was a, a a franchise face that everybody knows, everybody loves, a massive home run, and it didn't win the game, but it it felt like all right, take a deep breath, let's just settle in. We got still got Max on the mound. Let's send this thing back to LA for a game five. Yeah, and I think the fact, like you're right, I think the fact that it was Ryan Zimmerman hitting the home run was a big part in the fact that. Bats Park was alive and bumping again. You know, the single, the RBI single to take a 2-1 lead, didn't really do too much. Uh, a couple of bats, yeah, you take the lead, it's great. You get some applause, you get some cheers. But then just the three-run bomb from Zimmerman was, was absolutely huge. Coming from Mr. National himself uh, and coming up clutch in, in a must-win game, that'll send the park into a frenzy. And and going back and re-watching it too, like you said, you're talking about it, it's hard. Not many major leaguers can hit that high of a ball out of the ballpark. Even Pedro Baez himself, he like raises his arm. He thinks it's a fly ball, yeah. but it just keeps carrying and carrying. And we're talking about the rain. I would imagine with that rain coming in, it got a little cooler that night. The ball's not flying as easily as it should have been. We just mentioned uh, Anthony Rendon missing a grand slam a couple of innings ago. He somehow still muscled that thing out of there, which is so, is so impressive. And obviously a major hit for the Nationals that they really needed uh, and, and kind of uplifting them. Um, and yep. energizing them moving forward in this muscling game. And uh, Max Scherzer came up with two outs and runners on, and I was just imagining, and he took two big whiffs. I was just imagining, can you imagine if Max Scherzer got a hit there, how loud that spark would be? Um, he, was, he worked an eight-pitch at bat. I mean, yeah. he, was, he wasn't up there to, just to take his swings and then get back to the dugout. And back on the mound. No, no, he was up there to do damage, to do some damage. Yeah. Um, all right. So the Nats now have a comfy five to one lead, headed into the sixth. The Dodgers go quietly in the sixth inning, and then the Nats are looking to tack on some more in the bottom of the sixth inning. 
Uh, Trey Turner triples uh, on a ball that, frankly, Gold Glover, Cody, I think he won the Gold Glove, didn't he? He was at least a finalist. Cody Bellinger? Yes, in center field. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he ended up winning it. Um, at least MVP and Gold Glove finalist uh, just misplayed. And it, I know it was windy that night, but goes back on the ball and it ends up having to come in for the ball. Uh, Trey Turner triples. They turn it into a double because that ball got stuck under the the padding. Honestly, I mean, look, uh, I thought that's the fun, funny enough that that is the first uh, base running call by an ump that would go against uh, the Trey Turner in this series. Um, much yeah. less important at this point than it was in Game Six of the World Series. Uh, but uh, it's just funny knowing what we know is going to happen. But look, Trey Turner would have gotten to third if that ball had not gotten stuck, let's be honest. Right, but then also, it's also funny thinking, looking back and knowing what happened in Game 5, I mean, how many balls get stuck under padding in this game? This is That's the first <laughs> yeah. of coming up, give me three, which is absurd. But yeah, it's a ground rule double. I think it should have been a triple. I don't know why Cody Bellinger basically gets rewarded for misplaying a ball. <laughs> Kind of confused me. I, I, I remember being a little upset about that in time. I get it. I know that's the rule. Um, and it, when they were doing the slow motion replay on the re, on the broadcast, I was looking to see if he touched it. I mind if he touches that ball and it gets stuck underneath the padding. Tough luck. You have to get it out. That's not a ground rule double because you already touched the ball in play. Right. I don't know if that's actually the case of the rule or not, but that's what I would want the rule to be because, again, like you said, he totally misplays that ball. He might have even slipped. But he gets rewarded because he Trey Turner has to go back to second when the ball gets stuck underneath the padding. Yeah. Maybe Nationals Park just needs to close that little gap and and, and not let the ball stuck yeah. underneath because Trey should have been on third. Uh, but the as would be the case in Game Six of the World Series with that base running call going against Trey Turner. In this case, ball don't lie once again because Trey Turner ends up at third on a pass ball. I guess they called it right. a pass ball, not a wild pitch. Ball squirted away anyway from the catcher. Trey Turner ends up at third, um, so it doesn't matter. And then um, Anthony Rendon, uh, look, there's a reason the guy led the National League in RBIs. And I know that RBIs are not a stat that uh, stat heads value as much anymore, but we saw it time and time again during the regular season. It, It wasn't just about the homers. The guy put the ball where it needed to be to drive in runs seemingly every time. He... I mean, I can't even think of a situation where he came up with runners on and struck out. You know, he put the ball in play. Um, and yeah. it, it, that's how you rack up RBIs. He, he hits a long fly ball. Again, just misses a homer. Um, Might have been a homer on a different night, but he just knows where to yep. put the ball. I mean, it, it's, it, it is incredible, incredible how he's able to, uh, to just put the ball in play when it needs to be. And that's why he bats third with, uh, on yeah. this club, or used to bat third again on this club, because you... They had the perfect uh, one, two, three, four punch. You know, you have Trey Turner and Adam Eaton up top. Hopefully they get on base, which they're, with it, they tend to do. And their speed, they can score from any base. Um, and then Anthony Rendon drives them in. If not Anthony Rendon, then it's Juan Soto right behind him. So, yeah, this one, two, three, four punch, which I'm pretty sure was the one constant throughout the postseason. Those top four did not change in any of Davey Martinez's lineups yeah. throughout, the four post, throughout the postseason, which allowed them to – you know, have a huge advantage when it comes to And people always think of game four. Yes, the Ryan Zimmerman home run is going to be iconic. People will always remember that home run uh, and him cheering as he's running around the bases. But Anthony Rendon collected three RBIs this game. That's going to go yeah. underrated for, for all of eternity. And 
It shouldn't be because he is a major reason. I mean, he's the one that gave the Nationals the lead and then expanded upon it. So yeah. uh, he is a huge part of this club uh, moving forward in this postseason. We know how much more damage he still has to come for him. But three RBIs in one game in a postseason game and an elimination game is, is pretty clutch. That's funny of a comparison also because he had three good at-bats to get three RBIs. Ryan Zimmerman had one good at-bat to get three RBIs. He's, right. He had two ugly strikeouts early on in the game. Uh, looked way, yep. yeah. I mean, was not seeing. I think if if um, if uh, Rich Hill were still in the game when Ryan Zimmerman comes up, I don't think he hits that homer. Um, he was not seeing the ball well out of Rich Hill's hand, um, and obviously saw a whole lot better out of Pedro Baez's hand. But yeah, very yeah. They, you know, you, you, very underratedly, Rendon puts up the same production um, that Zim did in that game. That's funny. All right, so the Nats lead now six to one. You feel good about it, but there's still three innings left. And in the top of the seventh, Max gets himself into a little bit of trouble. He loads the bases. Um, and at this point, I mean, you're, you're one big hit away from it being a one-run game. Uh, and all of that good, good work of the previous innings going away. Chris Taylor uh, strikes out on a full count on a changeup. Um, and of course, Davey leaves Max in because Max is not going to come out. Because we all, anybody who watched Max Scherzer pitch this season knew Max was, this was Max's inning. He was going to, if he was going to go down, they were going to go down with him on the mound. Um, And then uh, Jock Peterson comes up and hits a ball down the line that is, I kid you not, centimeters foul. Centimeters. So close. Yeah, I think the slow-mo replay they showed you can see maybe a blade of grass in between yeah. the ball and the white line. It is so close to clearing the bases and making it a, a two-run game at that point. And and uh, Ernie Johnson, I think, brought up the point that we need at some point a uh, the technology that they have in tennis where they, it, oh, immediately yeah. they show the line and the shadow of the ball where it hit. Yeah. And then all the crowd clapped as they <laughs> <laughs> leading up to the... Yeah. Yeah, they should definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was yikes and then jock peterson grounds out max stalks off the mound over 110 pitches absolute nails still two innings left but that felt like the biggest chance the dodgers might get to come back in this game yeah absolutely and he started the inning at 82 pitches he finishes the night at 109 uh or uh i finished this inning yeah he threw 27 pitches in this one inning which is incredible especially in the high leverage situation that he was in uh, and, and like you said, uh, Paul Menhart comes out to check up on him after he walks Will Smith, load the bases. You can see uh, Max being a little more polite than we've seen him in the past, <laughs> just saying, um, I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> um, and that he wants to stay in the game. And, you know, if Max says so, you, you got to give it to him. He has that track record. You know what he can do. Um, you want him out there on that in those type of situation. You live and die by your starters. That's how Mike Rizzo built this team. Um, and, and, you know, that's the philosophy they stick to, and Max got it done, even though he was centimeters away from giving away a huge hit to Jock Peterson, but it didn't go. And like we said earlier in the, in the night, we thought it wasn't going to be the Nationals' night from the, from the start with a, with a rough first inning and subsequent rough innings allowing base runners. The, the tide started to turn in the Nationals' favor. You know, that ball probably nine out of ten times lands fair or lands on the line and clears the bases, but it just was enough right. Uh, enough foul to to allow uh, Max to keep pitching to him and get him out. Yeah, um, huge, huge momentum swing. Let's uh, go ahead to the eighth inning. 
Um, after Kurt Suzuki grounded, grounded into yet another inning-ending double play, a tough, tough postseason it would be for Kurt Suzuki, especially at the plate. And then uh, game five, he ends up, uh, you know, getting getting uh, popped in the eye or popped in the yep. wrist and then the face. Um, all right, eighth inning, Sean Doolittle comes in. Um, <laughs> Max Muncy, who had taken Sean Doolittle deep, what, in game two, was it? Two. 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 Um, Real deep. Almost, almost uh, goes yard off to, to dead center field. Would have been the second time. Um, you know, in, in three games that he would have done so. And they even, as Muncy's running back to the dugout, you see him even kind of giving a little almost, and Dew is laughing at that point. Um, but yeah. it would have only been a solo home run, would have still been a 6-2 game, um, and Dew gets a 1-2-3 inning. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, look at these names he's facing. Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. You know, those yeah. are some tough bats that Dew is asking to get out. Yes, he has a 6-1 lead has some wiggle room to work with but it's still you know some heavy hitters right there and, and he's able to get out pretty cleanly um only takes 13 pitches allows him to start the top of the ninth too facing left-handed Corey seager yep all right so then let's go into the ninth because the nats go one two three in the bottom of the eighth daniel hudson comes in uh david freeze singles lux strikes out again rookies hashtag rookies versus nats um and then Will Smith makes the final out uh, of NLCS, or NLDS, rather. CS is coming up. NLDS, game four. We are going back to L.A. for a game five. Um, and that was such a thrilling win. But I remember immediately after that thinking, every Nats fan has to be just dreading those two words, game five. And es- yeah, and especially um, going back to, to L.A. Yeah, and I think I remember um, having a conversation, or it might have been with you um, and and Mark Zuckerman on on Mass and All Access, one of our pregame shows. But it's like you know, the Nationals have tried it every way. They've tried the best record in the National League, um, didn't work out. They yeah. tried uh, just being the number two seed and ha- and being the home field uh, and having home field advantage for the first round didn't work out in Game Five. Let's try being the wild card and being the road team in the NLDS. Going to Game Five, who knows? It, it kind of maybe changes the mojo a little bit. Um, I, I know personally for me, I was just dreading having to fly all the way across the country again, <laughs> again, anticipating another game five crushing loss. Yeah. Like if I had to fly all the way to LA just to see them lose and come back the next night, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah. Uh, but obviously we know that didn't happen. Well, and we had an early flight, I think the next day, I think we were able to maybe to move it. I can't remember, but I just remember thinking, all right, well, not only do we have to pack for L.A., we have to pack for the series after that, and it could be either in Atlanta or St. Louis yeah. because the Nats yep. are going to be on the road for one of those two teams. Um, they obviously have to get, win game five, but you have to assume that they're going to win that game. Um, and just the craziness around, you know, it is everything is so last minute and so wild during the postseason, which is why I, I enjoy these exercises so much because um, – we didn't get to appreciate it, honestly. It was a blur. It was a blur. You just had to think about going one and zero every day. Um, but what a thrilling win this was! The Nats win six to one. Game four, headed back to LA for Game five, which we will uh, have for you next week. Uh, we will have Game five for you next week. What game? We're on NLCS Game two tonight on Masson. Um, yep. 
If you haven't been following... Max on the bump again? Yeah, Max on the bump again as well. And you think there's just no way that uh, he can in any way duplicate the kind of night that Anibal Sanchez had in game one, you're wrong. He's going to be almost as good uh, and, and set the Nats up uh, to come back home 2-0 uh, in the NLCS. But that's on Masson tonight. We will be back with you again in a week to recap NLDS game five, which, you know, Nats fans, I think, can watch 80 times over. Um, Bobby, you are at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. I'm at Paul Mancano. Of course, rate, subscribe, review, give us a follow. Uh, any way that you listen to your podcast, please let us know what you think. Comment. We will get to all of those, of course. And uh, Bobby, we'll be back in a week. Yeah, Paul, stay safe. Everyone <laughs> at home, stay safe. Uh, have fun. <laughs> give us a follow. Give us a subscription. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying these podcasts doing uh in the meantime, and all the Mass and All Access shows and content we're producing, enjoying the rewatches at home. Uh, tweet along with us at Mass and Nationals. Um, it's been a lot of fun doing those. Um, shout out to Paul for doing all of the uh, hosting and uh, producing during all this show. You continue not, doing a great job, Paul. Not my best job today, Bobby. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think that the fact you that know, I had uh, Helga in the background was uh, distracting. That's all right. Go one and <laughs> on next week. It'll all be all right. And, uh, it's exactly right. We all have, uh, yeah. you know, we all, we all get shelled every now and again. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.